only time I ever ended up in a club or a strip club for the same matter is I'm on tour. Everything is closed. And the only way I can drink a beer or we can all drink a beer and have any fun is by going to these things. So, so I have been to club. I remember being in Shetfield and going to a club and drinking Red Stripe with the Cryptopsy boys and watching these people dance and being like, why the fuck are we here? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the strip clubs. Like we go to the strip clubs just to drink the beer, and we're like, "This is fucking horrible." <laughs> Why <Why'd you> buffets? <laughs> Unbelievable. No, we were. I think one of the last ones, in Port George. Does that make sense? Is that Northern BC? Yeah, I think it is. Oh my horrible. god, you went to a Northern BC strip club, dude. Everything was closed. And we had no beer. <laughs> Every single girl have construction scars. Like what is going on? <laughs> Welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where you host Nathan and Brad. Here today we're doing a New Year's special with Matt, Brian, Chris, another from Vox and Hops, Fresh TV. How are you guys doing? How was the How was the holidays? It was a it's very cool. I, I you know I, I I said that I really enjoyed my Christmas last year, uh, a pandemic Christmas. I felt like I had like moved abroad and I just had to zoom some people throughout the day and just hang out with my family and I. Didn't know it was going to happen again, but it did. And it was super fun. And uh, we're doing good. Resting, enjoying uh, delicious craft beers as usual. Yeah. Can't complain. I'm still on a high from uh, right before the holidays. I hosted my very first uh, metal and beer festival here in Montreal called Brutal Montreal. It was a massive success. I'm still like riding the high of that experience. Can't complain. How's it being like playing shows again? It felt so goddamn good. And honestly, the night was crazy. Like I was conducting an interview with every band, one member of each band. As soon as they finished, they would step off stage and come and see me. And then I was introducing the next band. So I was running the whole night. And typically I get you know a little bit nervous before playing a show, but there was like no nerves for this. I finished doing an interview with Vicky from The Agonist um, and then just walked onto stage and then boom, play the set. And then as I was doing it, I was like, oh, fuck. And I watched a video. There's a video on YouTube. Uh, I totally fucked up the first song. I like came in two bars too early, um, very early in the song. And I was like, okay, you need to calm down and you need to just like appreciate this. Because <laughs> with everything that was happening, I knew that we were lucky to play the show. And I don't know when we'll play another show. So it was the first time we had played together since July 20. 19 so it's oh, been shit. quite some time that cryptopsy hasn't performed together and it, it felt freaking good so much fun just watching a bunch of killer killer bands that i chose i curated the whole thing drinking killer craft beers that i curated the whole thing in my hometown it was amazing chris was there super fun i'm jealous my we need to get down time, <laughs> yeah my first time seeing cryptopsy because when i first met matt i was concussed so i did the interview on the glaze and i went back home Mm -hmm. So getting, so knowing Matt as a friend and as the calming, the calming aura in my <laughs> life and then seeing him on stage is just the strangest dichotomy. And I loved it. And I, and so I dislocated my shoulder in the summer skateboarding. And so my doctor, my physiotherapist said no moshing, but then Matt McGacky said circle fucking pit. And in that moment I went, <laughs> that's not just the singer of a band. That's your friend up there. You would be a bad <laughs> friend objectively. If your buddy said mosh and you didn't mosh. So I went in for one. So I went in for one song, and as soon as I walked in, someone just crunched right on my fucking big toe. I still did a lap. I got the GoPro image, and then I went to the bathroom, and I was like, "Oh, it doesn't look too bad." Next day, fucking purple and blue. <laughs> and then we went. So Glaze filmed uh, my foot doctor appointment where they drilled into the nail and they squeezed all the blood out of it. So that's going to go in the Montreal vlog too. Hell yes, yeah. we're also uh, we're going to be pitching a show to TLC uh, for, you know, you know, Wednesdays right before 90 Day Fiance, right after Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes, uh, that's going to be us. <laughs> just up. Mosh Pit Medical. That's actually good. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I already oh, thought about that it? title. That's going to be a long going series <laughs> if Chris ever gets hurt again. You could probably get. Like the amount of stuff you could probably get from like just after a gig, like the like the A and E, just after like a, like a metal show, there'd be thousands of like injuries you probably didn't even know could happen. At a show. <laughs> I played a show, kid, bone sticking out of his leg oh. from a 
London, Ontario. It was one of those, uh, the, ten, the, the most dangerous mosh pits tend to be the pits where there's not enough people there. <laughs> and, and this one was one of those. It was horrible. Stopped the set. Oh. Of taking out EMTs. We oh. were like piling up all of merch items on him as he was being wheeled out. London, Ontario. Yeah. Well, if only Travis Crazy. Scott had some wherewithal. Doing the robot dance at the top of the stage. <laughs> we had no, um, no. we had like obviously the like Bloodstock kind of returned to the UK, um, and we had a an, an unfortunate accident, didn't we, Brad? With one of oh, our friends. Fucking hell, yeah. This is um, so we all went, we all went to the party tent. We thought, oh, you know, we'll get drunk and we'll, we'll have some fun. Um, our friend Kalen decided, you know, oh yeah, we have got a friend called Griff, so he was like, oh Griff, let's do the dirty dancing dance. So he runs, he runs at Griff. They, mate, they fucking nailed it. I'm not gonna lie, really? they nailed it. Yeah, no, nailed on all it. the beer on the floor. Mate, <laughs> spell. Perfect, perfectly. But what happens as he's getting like Kalen down, he trips and slams into Kalen's um, hips. Um, oh. We found out after, so like that happened on the second night, and it was like five days. So three days go on. Caleb's like in agony, saying, "My back is really, really hurting." Yeah, um, he heard the snap. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he goes, he goes home, like walks all, walks away, and all that. Goes to he wakes up. He's like, "I need to go to the, I need to go to doctors. I need to get this checked out." Turns out he broke his back. Um, oh my god! From that accident. Uh, and he told the doctor, oh, you know, like when I got off the coach, I walked home from the festival, I walked home, like, you know, like, and all that. And, he went, and the doctor like, you fucking walked home? Is that like, yeah. yeah. We've carrying a bag. Is that like, with all your stuff in it? Yeah. yeah. And he's there like, we were looking at him as if it was like a medical marvel. Like, like what the fuck is this guy? I think it's probably the drugs, to be honest, just numbing him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, luckily, he's all fine now. His back's healed. Um but he, he's, he's not been moshing recently, which yeah. I kind of understand. <laughs> he hasn't come out of mosh retirement yet. Yeah, he's, he's been very careful. But yeah, it seems, seems this year has been a year full of injuries. Crazy. So how's, yeah. it been, um, how's it been like working together then? Because obviously you guys are doing bits at the moment. So like, how's the whole process been? It's always super easy to work with Chris. I just shoot him some ideas and then we just do it. We filmed, We actually hung out the day after Brutal Montreal we've been wanting to do something together. And I invited him to come to my favorite local craft beer store called La Canette, ran by this awesome dude named Kevin. Um, and uh, we've been wanting to do a bit basically about me showing him how to taste and review craft beer. Uh, since Chris is known as being the metal chugger. It goes <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> so, so that was fun. But it's like I pitched him the idea. He said yes. He showed up. We hadn't really even hashed out what the hell we were going to do. And we just filmed it in one shot. Always Matt, easy. Matt, Matt's always a gem of a human being to work with. And we're usually drinking when we're filming together, too. So that's just par for the course. That's going to make for a good timing. <laughs> and doing Brutal North America when I paired Box and Hops alumni with metal breweries from across. North America, uh, Chris really went above and beyond with his footage. I wish I could have been there to to collaborate with them more. But um, when you release 22 beers at once, it takes a lot of your time, <laughs> mainly social media time, which is the thing that takes the most time and is yeah, extremely really yeah. not gratifying and frustrating when technology doesn't work all the time. So uh, I wish I was there, but Chris really and glaze put in a lot of amazing work for that and they're still releasing new stuff about that it's awesome other I mean, bands you know and, and no disrespect to them they're not content creators yeah didn't give me anything so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i whole second day of canning uh to go through uh just released the full like half hour tv promo edit so you know when we start pitching uh, pitching this to uh, the big networks and whatnot in the future in the streaming. We got the uh, the full half hour pilots and whatnot up there. They can get a good idea of uh, what's going on. That, that's, that was all Glaze. I was, shout out to Glaze. That was his first shoot. That was our first shoot together. Wow. So that was, that was something. Wanting to do beer, something beer related for the longest time. And Glaze and I used to bartend together. We used to slam so many beers after hockey. And it was just everything, 
everything was coming up Millhouse. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> teaming up with um, Jamie, who now is the head brewer of uh, Folly Brewing, um, at Henderson. Like I had to pair people together for this. Like, and sometimes it was just like you live in the same area, so you're gonna make a beer together. But sometimes it just really clicks. Yeah. And Jamie and Chris clicked like crazy. Uh, just total personality meshing and bouncing off each other. Couldn't have had a better person to to open up Henderson, which is a massive brewery, um, for you guys to walk in and to film everything like that and give you guys basically free reign. And I heard Chris had lots of fun and had to go home a bit early on canning day. Yeah, he had to take a power nap. <laughs> he had to take a power nap day one. I, that's classic me. Get drunk and nap. <laughs> That's the one. I mean, that is like, way to do it. Canning day, yeah. you drink early. Yeah. I mean, when you get like people together and you just honestly just get on and click, like that's when the magic happens. Like no matter what, it's just that's what you need to create good projects. Oh, sometimes it just works. Fast. Like yes. when I, I'm just filming and I see a cool truck pull up and I see a dude get out and I'm just like, that guy looks like Chris would know who that guy is. <laughs> just like the overall aesthetic. I'm like Chris probably know that guy. And then he's like, yeah, man, that's that's Brock from Panzerfaust. <laughs> and then right away, oh, yeah. like rules. a whole that mini interview. So well. You know, he plugged their new video and we Pretty set up the whole Panzer slap uh, bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing, that guy. I love him. Toured uh, North America with Belfagor and Panzerfaust. Oh, back in 2017, 2017, I want to say. It was awesome. There's, they're awesome humans. You never know. Sometimes you step on, you see like a name of a band on a tour package and you're like, I don't know these guys. What's it going to be like? <laughs> and uh, they were really cool. Most of the time people are really cool. Whenever Very there's lucky. like a little bit of German to the name, you got to like be like, all right, let's see what your content is. And then you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all right. you guys. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, already we were going with Belfagor and we were sharing a bus with Belfagor and I'd heard stories and I, met Helmuth before and he was a bit cold but the, the whole tour was really awesome or luckily ollie my bassist cryptopsy ollie that's plays in cattle as well had toured with belfagor before so he was already good friends with them uh serpent in particular really awesome dude um yeah so we, we really it's, it was it's interesting to to climb into a vehicle with people and know that you're going to live with them for the next three weeks when you don't really know each other but you mm -hmm. tend to leave there being friends afterwards Absolutely. Has there been like any occasions like I probably probably can't disclose if it is the case, but have you ever like been on tour with a band that you really don't get on with and you just have to kind of suck it up? There's just, you know, that's like any social circumstance when you're on close proximity, like there's 18 people living on a tour bus sometimes. Most of the time there's not enough place to sit down. Yeah. Oh, so okay. there's always personalities in any social circumstance. Then you add a lack of personal space to it. People tend to can get on your nerves a little bit, but I've been very, very lucky at all the bands I've toured with. I've become very good friends with the, the boys and in ingested. Yeah. That's First nice. impression was a bit rough, but afterwards we really got on. <laughs> oh, yeah. if, they're, if they're listening, they'll laugh at that. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, like the, the guys in cattle decapitation um, obituary, super cool. That's like, you know, climbing onto a bus, living with obituary and knowing of their legacy and being a fan. Intimidating for me, but they were just so cool. You know, it's like they we, they had just released their beer with three Floyds, the hopped in half. And they had all their beer and like this like cooler thing in the bus. And we'd like dig in and like pull one out and we'd look over and the tardy boys would be like, you drink it, you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah, right, definitely. And uh, with it sort of being like a, a New Year's special, uh, we thought we'd kind of look back on the year um, and sort of start mm -hmm. off with like, what would you all say is like the biggest achievements each of you have sort of made throughout the year? The, the one thing that you're most proud of? You go first, Chris. Probably that phone call with Matt, because I had literally just left Jay Hoff Films and he pitched me doing this beer with Henderson and I got off the phone, I wept and I called my mom because like she knew how difficult that was for me leaving and like the, the platform, the, you know, everything. Um, that was a special moment. That's I remember, that I remember you telling me, like saying yeah, like, and this as well. yeah. because I had pitched you as doing it for J-Hop, 
not knowing. And you were like, I'm not with them anymore. Do you still want me? And I was like, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, dude. I believe in you. You are what I like. <laughs> yeah, Chris was jail. <laughs> and that that's the thing. It was That was part of the fear of leaving was, you're going to start off at zero. What if no one cares? And that uh-huh. that's a very realistic fear. And if I could go back and say anything to, I would have done it earlier. Because clearly, uh-huh. clearly, you know, people still want to collab together. People still want to make content. Then I had a place and then I, I went over to his place. And I was like, okay, we, I want to do like 4 a.m. Like adult swim meets mushrooms. He's like, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd already been kicked off of a local radio station internship for basically doing the same thing. And, and then yeah, I cut the in edge. like, yeah, yeah. 102.1 <laughs> The Edge. I was there for, in like 2017 and I had my own. <laughs> little video series called deep frying with brian and That's in, awesome, the, <laughs> in the studio the guy brought in like his home fryer and we had set up all these uh like i guess uh polls on instagram to get people to vote which one they wanted but i had just fried them all that day including like regular stuff you know cookie dough bacon then i did a cigarette then I then I did gotcha. like deep fry. yeah so like it was just a stupid little series but I it, I started cutting it like you know the Adult Swim weird you know horror your your Tim and Eric type Eric Andre stuff and then they started getting mad at like the reference humor <laughs> and they're just like yeah we can't we you can't show Cookie Monster I'm like dude I'm deep frying cookie dough what do you mean I can't show Cookie Monster <laughs> <laughs> It's that's ridiculous. fair use. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, that's just fair. They're like, no, you can make it without. And I'm like, you're not even paying. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. go do this for Chris, who's not paying. I fucking <laughs> you know, I would rather, pay me and I'll take out. I would rather go do that for something I enjoy. That's it. I feel like with like a lot of the you know big higher ups, they just sort of restrict so much that to the point where it's not even like your content anymore. It'll just be like their rendition of it, which is just shit to be honest. Uh-huh. The best part is that the thing I heard was just whenever you have a legal department to deal with, they don't even want to do work. So you can't even give them an inkling of work they might have to do or else they'll just be like, stop doing that. We'll just uh, we'll bring everything in from our global media content, terrible, you know, whole section that everyone's sharing from and we'll just become blog to you. Uh-huh. Which is basically what happened with all their stuff too. So it's just nice to be somewhere making stuff for us and you know people like us and anyone else who uh, decides to enjoy it down the road. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think like doing like stuff like this, um, it's it's so cool that we live in a time where we can do that. Like fully work off your own sort of vision and be creative in that way. Because like think about 10, 20 years ago. Like you'd have had to go, like if you wanted to have like, oh, I want to do a show, I interview people. It was like, oh, probably radio. You know, yeah. you'd have to had to go to a radio station, hopefully get a job, but then only get people that they wanted on. And like, yeah. even, and just kind of have to sit there and hope that, you know, you even got that book. That oh, like a once in a, now everyone could just start a podcast, get a Zoom license, buy out some DMs to, on Instagram or Twitter and just hope for the best. Like, and like genuinely yeah. want, I feel like that's why like podcasting has hit such a big, like strive because it's genuinely like so like i think everyone can, can just do what they want now and it's i really like the sort of space it's in where yeah. you get so i can only imagine people. i can only imagine me 20 years ago walking up to a radio station going hey matt vocals cryptops you want to interview my friends and drink beer on your radio station <laughs> I'd, be like, what? I'd be like what what's your credentials like like do you have any experience in your no I'm the singer of Cryptopsy and, and I, I want to drink beer with my friends and, and record them and put them on your radio station. It's like, did <laughs> I fucking it. stutter boy? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's honestly, think about it. Like, most of the podcasts that are around now, they, they wouldn't have, 20 years ago wouldn't, wouldn't have been any existent. Like if like, mm-hmm. if you had to go down the proper lines of it, cause everyone's, they'd be looking at it going, yeah, but we've already got like Howard Stern and stuff exactly. like that. So like they're like, ah, it's it's like so metal right. and alcohol. 
got to do the show full capacity. We had lots of fun. It was crazy. It was, uh, yeah, but patience, what patience and uh, answering the right things at the right time and just, just not being emotional really, I think was the biggest challenge for me because I'm a very emotional person. You guys got to go to parties in high school? I never got to go to one. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I had my own parties, but <laughs> they, weren't the, they weren't the cool ones. So. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I, I never got invited to like a single party until I was like probably like 17 or something like mm. that. I was there like that. Soon as soon as I went, I like, got into like a uh, sixth form. That, that's when my popularity kind of went up. But all the way through, mm-hmm. all the way through high school, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Once I started playing music, that's when I started being in bands. Is when things turned around for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, too far. I, I did start going to parties when I was like sixteen to eighteen. Like, but I mean, I wasn't really getting involved. I was much more of an awkward fucking shit person back then so i was just like in the in the corner it's like these guys don't know shit about slayer it's <laughs> like an exhaust <laughs> in the corner of the room but never never like never having like the guts to speak you just sat there yeah. like going just silently judging <laughs> yeah, part of the surfer in the background. i had a weird background like there's a picture of me in like grade seven next to a bunch of girls in hollister and abercrombie and shit my hair is like down to my shoulders, an old ACDC Hell's Bells t-shirt, cut off plaid and like some jeans. And I'm right there. And it, so it was weird. It was a weird little, uh, it all depended on, you know, which week I got invited to which party. But, uh, you know, eventually I ended up being the guy with the camera there. And just kind of took off. You <laughs> see this picture though. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll provide that for it's still on the facebook somewhere it's awesome. it's absolutely ridiculous i think i tweeted it at one point going imagine being this down bad boys i was on accutane in high school so i wasn't allowed to drink in grade 11 and 12 because my acne was so fucking bad but as soon as i went off to university that's when that's when things took off you're making up for the years to... you've missed. <laughs> you drank double when you got to like that age. Oh yeah. Did he and then, and then now, and now I was at this past October, I went to this Halloween party and I never, I don't, I don't fucking feel like getting dressed up. So I just showed up as, and yeah. And then it was with all these stupid pop punk kids. And it, you know, Taylor from, she used to work for Metal Blade. Yes. Yeah. So it was yeah. her party. It was just a weird, like, it was just a really weird crowd of people. And this one dude wearing a Supreme t-shirt with these huge spacers. He was like, yeah, man, I like jumping off of uh, stages and punching people. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> you talking to me. Like, I didn't get out of my house to talk to this fucking loser, man. Oh, my God. And, and then now, now that I'm getting older, I can't do house parties. Like, before when I was younger, I lived for that shit. Glaze can vouch for that, too. Well, I think I know who you're talking about in the Supreme shirt, too. He was <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair as i get older i prefer like just sitting there and like chilling out with my mates and having a beer now like because I, I hate going clubbing i hate going to like nightclubs and stuff because i'm i'm like all right so i have to pay in yeah then pay for the drinks not listen to a single word anyone fucking says to me all night but then spend the entire night in the smoking area anyway I might as well just fucking stay home. (laughs) The only time I ever ended up in a club or a strip club for the same matter is I'm on tour. Everything is closed. And the only way I can drink a beer or we can all drink a beer and have any fun is by going to these things. So, so I have been to club. I remember being in Shetfield and going to a club and drinking red stripe with the Cryptopsy boys and watching these people dance and being like, why the fuck are we here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> same thing with the strip clubs like we go to the strip clubs just to drink the beer and we're like this is fucking horrible <laughs> buffets. unbelievable no we were i think one of the last ones in port george does that make sense is that northern bc yeah i think it is oh my horrible. god you went to a northern bc strip club dude everything was closed and we had no beer <laughs> Uh-huh. Every single girl have construction scars. Like, what is going on? Think of it. It's like a Sunday at like two in the morning. I think you were probably and then, and then they wouldn't. They wouldn't let one of us in because he was wearing jogging pants, and he was like, "Dude, I have money." 
<laughs> Port George. On <laughs> Sunday at two in the morning, we want to buy buckets of beer, and you're not going to let me in for my jogging pants. How stupid! <laughs> Probably Baptist guys by the convenience store, just like drinking <laughs> in the car park. Everything was closed. Now we would. That was option A. But oh, now, okay. now, you know, now this is years ago. Now my beer is always. I know where my beer is after the show. Yeah, Last strip so club I went to was in Montreal, and one of the defense it was on a hockey tournament with my men's league team. And one of my defensemen, and this guy is great with a puck, but he's he's an absolute bonehead around women. He dropped four bills on the stripper, and he was just talking to her. He was like, "Man, I think she really likes me." No, dude. <laughs> this, this is, is her, her job. job. This is her job. Just yes. <laughs> Hold on. Who was that? It was a old dude that never washes his shit. Not Justin, the beard, other dude. Beard guy? Yeah, beard dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can I can definitely see that. He definitely seemed like a talk to stripper for hours type of guy. And like we were trying to leave on one point because we had a game the next day. We're like, where is he? Where is he? And we thought we lost him. We're like, maybe like the Hells Angels took his kidneys or something. But no, he's just talking to the stripper. Still there talking to her? Too yeah. Funny. I remember my first and only time in a strip club was uh, I was I was like with some friends from like my old work and they're like oh let's go to have you ever been there for I was like only like 18 at this point I was like of course I've never been so they're all like oh yeah we'll take you to one now like British strip strip clubs are completely different to like American strip clubs or like Canadian mate it's fucking weird like British ones because what happens is you go in and you just get sat into like a booth and there's just like one person like one last there and it it's a very British feel, thing like it's a very like awkward polite scenario where you're like oh oh hi yeah you okay do, do you want do you want this 10 pound note yeah there you go there you go thank you oh oh she's took a brow off it was so awkward i was there for five minutes and i was there like fuck this and i left i was like i'm not fucking doing this it sounds like the coronation street of strip clubs what's going on it's like it, mate, it was literally like imagine like a strip club in hogwarts like that sort of scenario it's like there you go miss yeah the worst, the worst. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> My first tour with Cryptopsy was in Mexico. And I think it's we arrived the day before and we didn't hadn't even played yet. And we went, and this was probably the worst experience I've ever had there. The, there was no like bouncers or security. The they would just get horribly groped. And then they'd stop dancing and stand there for like a whole song or two which is basically like, choose me and bring me in the back. It was <laughs> totally messed up. And I was like, I, I'm going, I, I want to go home. It's like, I want to go back it. to the hotel. I want to, I'm going to walk to the hotel. And the guy that was with us, we always end up having like a local uh, tour manager or someone to take care of the band whenever we're in a different country than the States or Canada. And he was like, no, you can't walk. There's, there's no, <laughs> you, you won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to stay. I remember sitting there. Oh, it was horrible. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like the, the whole strip club thing is just sort of pointless. Like you you just pay over over extortionate amount of money to drink expensive beer and then to get blue ball for three hours. Like, what's the point? Well, I wonder Brad. if it's still going to be around. Like, if, is is our strip club still viable with the internet? Yeah, yeah they were, yeah, really they were like, giving away vaccines. They were yeah. doing like drive-through strip clubs at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they had the. Now they're giving out like free vaccines at brothels and like the in like Vegas and stuff. I don't know if it's gonna be viable. I don't know if like in twenty years there's still gonna be some. I don't know. I don't know. Not with webcam sites. I reckon yeah. like, years, you could probably just get like a robot to come straight to your house. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like, in a ship. It comes in a box. Yeah, comes like, in a box from Amazon. Yeah, you like, just oh, pack it right it, back yeah. up. It's <laughs> like I ordered this in the afternoon. It's in the evening. It's here. <laughs> exactly. And then you just put it back in the box, and the robot comes. The drone takes it away, and yeah, the drones yeah, like... shamefully wash it for you. <laughs> <laughs> drones Brad. carrying around sticky loads. Jeez. I know you're gonna say it. It was a rough no. time. Okay, Brad. You <laughs> when you went into a strip club, because I remember the call after. And like it was the funniest shit I've ever heard yet come out with. Like, so you've got to tell the story when you went. Okay. So, so when you mentioned the guy that thought the stripper liked him, 
that's pretty much what happened to me. Oh, <laughs> so I, listen, I was going through a bad breakup. Like I was like, you know, losing my shit. So I was like, fuck it, let's do a strip club I've never done before. Go in there, spend like 300 pounds. And I thought like, I thought she was, she's like, oh, we should go to Italy sometime. I was like, she's going to take me to Italy. She loves me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I woke up the next day. I just saw like there was like dust, <laughs> dust coming out my wallet. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I need to suck my shit. <laughs> Was that like the same night? Was that the same night that some guy like nicked your wallet, but also nicked the SIM card in your phone, so you couldn't you couldn't oh cancel God. your cards? Um, oh, I wish what? it was the same night. <laughs> no, it was a yeah, that was a different night. So I got like mugged in town once after like a night out. I was like blackout drunk. So someone stole. They didn't. It was only the SIM card. So they stole the SIM card out of my phone because I thought he was gonna order me a taxi. I don't know why I started trusting this random guy that just like. <laughs> you know just came up to me and he like stole my sim card so like obviously i couldn't even uh, get an uber back because i had no service so yeah and then i fucking like i just remember running home because i couldn't get home and i was just like next was, level muggings over there i know that's scary that's why i, I was just like in a field i just screaming no <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what i said because I, I remember i saw him like a couple Four days after, and I was like, "So he stole your SIM card?" I'm like, "Yeah." He went, "I went, I couldn't cancel any of my cards." I'm like, "All right, say what you want about him. He's a dick, but he's a fucking smart mugger. Crafty man. Like, <laughs> <Not a> respect. <laughs> he at least gets to use that card for a good few days until you can use SIM card. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, things are better now. Don't worry. Yeah, I swap like, beers. Ale of the fathers, old ale, aged in Cabernet Sauvignon casks. Cheers. Cheers. The the pro getting it back on track. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help myself. Getting drunk so, tonight, but gotta hydrate for a little bit. Well, me me and Brad are both both hugging. We had a bit of a boxing day celebration with each other, didn't we? Um so <laughs> a bit of a messy one. Um so I kinda wanna go into like so our albums like throughout from this year. Yeah. Um so let's get like it's not like, not Exodus. <laughs> no, I'm just, no. No. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing. You. I know you love it. <laughs> it's probably my my favorite of Exodus's releases. Ooh, good one. Really enjoyed it. Evil, fuck yeah. A war tooth from Australia. I, dude, okay, I got I I I had I hadn't listened to the Agonist since Eye of Providence, and oh, so I wow. threw on the new EP because I used to see them at the Rock Pile all the time, and oh, then yeah. I threw on the new EP on the way to Montreal and Vicky's new gutturals fucking slap and mm-hmm. being, and seeing all those new songs live was fucking. So I want the days before the world web DP. That's, that's gotta be one of my top five releases for the year. New evil, new Exodus, Angela Sapatrida. Who else? Who else had a really, who else would be on there? I still haven't listened to new cannibal. I've been terrible with new releases this year. It's dope too. Well, I've been the same. I've been yeah. like, there's been like only like one or two that I've like listened to full, like throughout. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been absolutely shit with like listening to the new, the new stuff recently. I um, just did my top ten episode with Ollie, so this is all fresh in my head. Uh, album of the year for me, and it's not because I'm on it. Is uh, L L N N. It's a slow, doomy, weird, heavy as fucking hell band from uh, Denmark. I love them. I love them so much. I've loved them since I stumbled upon them um, a few years back. I made my like COVID list and I would put them on my COVID list of who I wanted to interview. I ended up interviewing Christian, the vocalist guitarist. And then when I finished wrapping up, I was like, I want to be on the next album. That ended up happening. Uh, the song was great, but the rest of the CD is amazing. It's my favorite album of 2021, hands down. Another one that really snuck up on me. Super surprised me. I interviewed Adam D for this release and I had listened to a few tracks of it and I was like, nah, this is okay. This is like emotional rock. And then I just kept listening to it after the interview and just kept listening to it and kept listening to it. So Times of Grace, the album is amazing. Just so good. So catchy. Um, Jesse's vocals are amazing on it and Adam gets to sing a bit more. Surprised how much I really like that one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a super cheesy one that I love. Uh, Night Flight Orchestra, love them. Just gets my it's my house cleaning music. Can't listen to it enough. Yeah, and not. Dune D, but it's not a U, it's a V because it's metal, right? Yeah, yeah. Dune from the UK, uh, love 
love that album and I have since I first listened to it. I get a lot of recommendations from Jerry Monk, the metal architect, the guy that makes all my playlists there. And uh, I love it. If, if the interludes were a bit tighter, it would probably be number one. But uh, definitely those three for me, four for me, killer. Yeah, it's been a good year for releases. Uh, there's one that me and Neff and like we absolutely both loved it. We we're like, this is our favorite album of the year. When we got to like interview um, the singer for this band, so I don't know if you guys listened to the new Mole album, but like, that oh was yeah, yeah, incredible! Like that really blew me away. Like, just oh yeah, so ahead of its time. We, sure. we were we were fortunate enough to sort of because we 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 wanted to book Kim, and it was like it took about a month like to, mm-hmm. to get him on the podcast. Um, and look, Nuclear Blast sort of sorted us out with like an early, like the early release of it, and it was so hard not to like talk about it on the podcast beforehand, because mm. I I remember I, I messaged Brad going because he he was in the he was in Spain at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. So like, I I listened to it and I'm like oh message I must have sent him like twenty messages like have you listened to it yet? Like you need to listen to it now. <laughs> and he's there like why why I'm like I just I'm like whatever you're doing just stop. And just fucking listen to it. And he's like, like, dude, I'm on the fucking good? beach with a cocktail. I can't start blasting out black metal on the fucking beach. <laughs> it's you know, moody. Was, it's I, moody black metal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, it's like a different, it feels like a different breed of black metal, though. Like, it's just, it's got all these elements that, like, perfectly, like, bounce off of each other. Um, it's like a new world version of uh, Death Haven before they. Yeah, I see the resemblance. No. Yeah. The shoegaze black metal yeah. there. Yeah, like it, it just every single bit of it just feels like so atmospheric and and like you genuinely feel like how, how they how they probably like felt whilst writing it a very somber like sort of vibe all the way throughout. Um, which from speaking to Kim, it was it was like he talks about like sort of the themes on it and all everything like that, and it really translates well through the writing, like mm. like from listening to it. Uh, another Don't- one for me was a uh, Gate Creepers new album. I really liked Gate Creeper's new album. That was really enjoyable. Mola from Copenhagen as well, I believe. Yeah, that, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. There's a bunch of really, there's a cool scene there. They're all tight. And they all know each other because they're all fighting to get out there, right? So, like <laughs> Cabal, LLNN, uh, Mole. Very cool scene going on over there. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. There is, a, there is a really, really good scene at the moment over there. They have good craft beer, too. Have you like discovered any albums this year or any bands that for you kind of like challenge your taste in a way, like something that you wouldn't expect to like? I know you mentioned the Agonist, Chris, but like is there anything else like that you all discovered like an album like, oh wow, this really took me by surprise? Like anything else? Andrew WK. Oh really? I really like I was not a fan before. And it, I got those press things that you guys get down there. And uh I remember listening to the singles and being like, it's really good. And the album came out and I fucking loved it. Really surprised myself, but I cut you off there. Sorry, go, Chris. All good. It's all good. Uh, all the, all the hip hop and R&B I listened to was from the eighties and nineties. So I can't say I found anything newish out of my realm this year. I'm trying to think. Going back to like different bands or bands that I didn't think I would like, um, I, was, I really got into Skullfist this year and I never liked them when I was younger because I was like, ew, clean vocals. I'm not listening to this. And then, <laughs> yeah. What are you, Brian? <laughs> okay, <I'm wet. laughs> He's working. He's working. For me, it's almost like the other way around because I wasn't so heavily into metal. So like everything I discovered this year was like the new metal. So like the evil, I did so much editing with that. Uh, like I, I basically listened to the whole album hundred times. <laughs> yeah. They fucking like slide out, Yeah. Just like picking out my, uh, everything that like Chris is introducing me to uh, riptide, uh, from out your way as well. Like that they're fucking awesome. Uh, I would been going back like, searching all this older music too when we did uh the unboxing with viper spectra they're from china so i just you know search in chinese thrash and i find some old you know 80s stuff from tumor boy and that was like a dope album that i went through to like pick out a song chris is even like damn even i haven't fucking heard of them so like i'm just like pulling random 
uh, you know, bits and pieces here and there and just like kind of, I don't know, kind of, I'm almost coming at it like AI sense. I'm just like going through the computer and hitting little bits of random information and it's all starting to make sense. And uh, I was definitely more of an old head back in the day. So like, I don't know, maybe up to like middle school wanting to be a Slipknot character for Halloween or something like that, but uh, couldn't afford the mask. And then, and then you kind of branch out, but yeah, everything new this year, uh, the eval, the war tooth is sick. Uh, what was it? Weapons of tomorrow, the new Warbringer. Yeah. That was last year. I think you're like muted or something. I'm muted. You're, you're very quiet. Sorry, a little bait. Uh, <laughs> 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 forgot to hit volume. Um, uh, Warbringer was 2020, but yeah, I'm still bumping weapons. Yeah, it was good. Oh, it, it, the two years have blended so yeah. much because of COVID. So <laughs> at this point, it's like 2020 is also 2021. Like yeah, <laughs> last year, also this year. and then it's, it's gonna be 2020 part two. 2022 is 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so if I, I'm, I'm, a question. I have a question that I didn't ask when I did my top ten that I wish I did was what's an album that you guys discovered from the past that you're surprised you didn't stumble upon before. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Actually. I was scrolling my, my phone trying to figure out who the hell my answer would be, but I got nothing so for, <laughs> like, for like, me, a, like a, a release from the past. You know what I mean? For me, like my, my friend James, he's into really old nineties death metal. But like to the point where like he'll find like the most obscure stuff like possible and then like learn everything there is about that album. Mm-hmm. So what I know it was a Nocturnus album. Um, so let me just see if I can find the name of the album. Because I, I have listened to Nocturnus, but I haven't listened to this this one. And he showed me it and I was like, oh, I actually really like this. Um, so let me just see if I can find it. I'm still thinking. I'm like, I've got nothing. I'm still thinking too. <laughs> yeah, I, I am I so know. bad at thinking, like remembering album names. Like, unless I'm caught. Co- yeah, it was the key. I've never actually listened to the key before that point. So, I'd listened to I think Thresholds. Um, I'm never. I've never been one for like you know, like, sort of like um, like the sci-fi death metal sort of thing. Um, I've always liked brutal death metal and and all like stuff like that. But the key was like, something that will really. Like I really enjoyed listening to, so I'd probably say out of everything that that was like one from the past that I really enjoyed. I would say like this year for me, like thinking about it, I have got really into doom metal. Like I never really cause sort of dabbled too much into, it, except from like Paradise Lost and like you know the kind of standard ones you think about. But um, I, again, it's like I guess all the albums, but like November's Rain, November's Doom, November's Rain. I think November's Doom, yeah. Um, I discovered them and they're fucking sick. Because it's like, with Doom Metal, I like the ones that have the blend of death metal in there. Like, it needs a strain of that for me to be more invested. Like, I don't mind some cleans in it, but I think just the the death metal aspect just gives it that, like, depth. That makes it amazing. Really gloomy. Keeper of the Seven Keys, Halloween. I don't know why it took me so long to get into Halloween. Keeper, <clears throat> Keeper of the Seven Keys, Halloween. I don't know why I hadn't, I don't know why I kind of like skipped over Halloween when I was younger, but that album slaps. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to oh. Halloween, to be honest. I've always heard about them, but I've never really given them some time, but is it like power metal sort of thing? Yeah, like power, traditional heavy metal. I asked the question, but I don't think I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, maybe it's because I'm not getting recommendations from close friends, like, you know, Hanging around, showing each other bands. I got, I got the the metal monk, uh, Jerry Monk, uh, the metal architect that sends me all the new stuff. But he, uh, to go backwards, you know, like and be like, I love this band. You know, like when I discovered ISIS, like after they had broken up, and that was like, how did I not like this? You know, and it didn't happen this year. Yeah, interesting. That'll be the goal Context, for all of us for twenty twenty two. I've gone pretty lucky. Like a lot, a lot of my my friends like my my friend Caleb and my friend James will constantly just send me shit con- like constantly um so I'll be like okay I'll, I'll give it a listen I'll give it a listen so like, I always have like a backlog of like albums that's been recommended to just go through or if I'm ever at James's house he'll just bust out his like final collection um mm-hmm. and just be like oh have you listened to this I don't know and you just pop it on 
he's like very honestly it's scary the amount of shit he actually knows about certain albums like he's telling me about this one album he's like oh yeah so like, the reason why this album sounds like that it was because Entombed was in recording before they left the guitar tone settings uh, on the same and that's why the the, the the guitar tone sounds like Entombed I sat there thinking I was like how long did you research, like, look into this album? He's like, oh, mate, he went, I looked into everything that I could find on it. Because <laughs> when he loves when he loves an album, it will proper, he, wanna find, he wants to find everything about the album, about how it recorded, how it will mix, who did it. It's it, Honestly, he's so passionate about it. It rubs off. It, it's good to sort of be around him because it rubs I off on that. me. Yeah. I love that. That's Metalheads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he, he could tell you if a, if, a, if the vocalist stubbed his toe on the way in. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he could probably tell he you the his phone, He had his phone, his toe drained. <laughs> and that was the name of the performing. album. Toe <laughs> drained. You know, that, you know that, that song, that uh, sound bite that he opens up with? Yeah, that's his toe getting drained. <laughs> yeah, that was the other <laughs> The doctor was cool, Chris. Was you guys the doctor filming? was cool. Yeah, we asked permission to film. And we're like, don't worry, we won't get your face or your badge. And then we totally did, and we have to blur it out. So <laughs> that's on. Uh, I'll deal with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a beer in pocket, and then like I finished the appointment with, when can I resume drinking, smoking, and sexual activity? And he was like, immediately, and just like getting that on camera with an actual doctor. Small wins in life. What was his Small reaction? <laughs> He was cool. He went along with it. I think he even like once he knew we were filming too, he like drained it and he let a solid amount of the blood kind of like drip down Chris's foot too, where he wouldn't oh, have usually done that. And, and he like moved away and then like went back, cleaned it up. It was it was great. Oh awesome. yeah, man. It's cool. Well, I mean, like, what's oh, go on, oh, go on, bro. Oh, I was gonna say like. like... <laughs> no, after you, after you, after you. Too polite. Go, you go on there for you. You go. Well, to be fair, that's the first time in a year that we've done that to each other. So, like, really, um, I was gonna say, what's like the worst like gig injury you've ever had? Like when, like what the worst like pit injury or whatever? Like what's the worst injury you've ever, ever sustained at a gig? I've been really lucky. I've, I've nothing too horrible my hair getting yanked out but that's about it yeah no i've been very lucky i've been out of pit retirement for quite some time i like to incite the violence (laughs) and observe it at what point do you reach this retirement because i feel like i'm starting to get there oh i don't know i just it just came to a point where like it's i understand the dynamic of a pit and why people do it but for myself at a show i want to experience the musicianship and and really take in that part of, of the experience of a show. So, you know, and a lot of the times I'm side stage or up in the balcony or drinking craft beer. So, you know, it seems like whenever you have access to side stage and balconies is when you retire. (laughs) (laughs) But right before the pandemic, I started like jumping into the crowd from the stage and felt comfortable that they'd actually catch me which when I started with the band, I wasn't sure they would. So having the pandemic took that away from me too. So <laughs> I'm not sure what, I'll be ready to jump back into the crowd again. Hopefully soon. No, I'm the same. Like when, when I get in a mosh pit now, I also get so tired. Like, I'll be there for like half a second. I'm like, <gasps> like it takes, it takes me like, I think it was Bloodstock. Um, it was Onslaught we're playing, uh, but it was like halfway through it. I was like, fuck, I'm getting the pit. It's been like a year, man. I need to get it out of me. And I got in there. I was literally just like out of breath for the entire rest of the show. I was like, I should never have done that. I just had a drink and enjoyed it. <laughs> so I think I'll probably reach that stage myself. I, I didn't pit a single time at, at Bloodstock. Like I was there like, you know what? It's been a year. I, I can't be asked being injured all the way through the festival. I was just, I'll just sit this out. I'll fucking enjoy it while I can. Like, um, I did. I did. We did go see Malevolence, Malevolence recently um, at the at the venue like Temple of Boom. Um, yes, it's cool. Venue. It's our, literally it's our favorite venue. Um, yes, it's the little sweaty. cage for the sound man. I love it. Well, we we uh, my band we recorded the uh, uh, first track upstairs um, there, so it's like it's been it's got like a special place in me in my heart for that. Um, so yeah, like favorite band were there. 
favorite venue. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a stage dive. So I ran up, jumped off stage. I somehow accidentally picked the smallest man in the entire <laughs> venue to land on because I, I'm not, I'm like plummeting. I'm there like someone's going to catch me. So I'm like, just see this small man looking at me and like, I just flatten him. I felt so awful. I, That's probably I just, that guy's worst pit injury. This fucking man. British guy just lands on me. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I got up. I'm like, "Are you okay?" And he's just like, "Wait, they're like." Uh. Oh. You put him in like moss retirement permanently. <laughs> like, I felt so bad. But I was there like, "Oh, I thought the people around you might have at least grabbed me." <laughs> no, they're like, "He's got him." Yeah, I just, I mean, I must have, I, I just misjudged it. <laughs> it just landed straight on. My friend Jordan, he also stage dived onto me. I managed to hold him, but uh, I thought there were people behind me. So I just go like that. There weren't anyone behind me. He just fucking fell straight on the floor. It's like, you right. he, he were fine, but he, he, he didn't have to let me, let me have it after. I had to, I had to buy him a beer after. I, I felt really bad. but It's a fair trade. Yeah, it was a fair trade. So yeah. we are sort of getting to the end of the interview now. And obviously... I've already asked you the guys the question before, like, you know, what advice would you give? So I want to ask a different one, which is 2022 is coming up. Like, what do you hope to achieve in this year? Like, what are you hoping for most? And what are your expectations? Um, for me, it's getting back into music. My parents gave me the green light to build a small studio space for myself. So I want to be on Twitch next year. I want to start doing bass covers. I have music that I've been working on. I want to get back into that. Um, that and just, just more growth and more creativity and just doing whatever the fuck we want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, for myself, I want to see more brutal events coming up. I want to build it into a tour. So I'm thinking of doing definitely more in the province of Quebec, but I want to bring it outside of the province of Quebec and get some in the States. I would hope to do at least three to four in the States coming up in 2022 and then uh, build it up uh, to have a full-fledged tour in 2023. That'd be a, a real huge goal for myself. Oh, cool. The place that you could take the tour. Yes. <laughs> Temple of Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to do, for the podcast, I just want to keep having great conversations with the uh, musicians and brewers from across the globe. Um, I'm just excited to see what, happens this year to see what opportunities arise to see what challenges i face and how i uh, tackle them because you know we we can all have lots of great ideas and accomplish them unlike that person told me that we don't normally do so we do do that and i'm excited to see what we do in 2022 oh yeah brian what about you brian uh and for me it's basically just you know keep growing thrash tv uh keep keep the uploads uh, regular we managed to keep it basically weekly ever since uh i took over and we're well over halfway to monetization on youtube so once we start getting that uh little bit of youtube money and we can actually start focusing a lot on you know doing this full time would be great compared to having to uh work it around you know eight hour edit days while also doing four to eight hour day job shifts and, and things of that nature. So just to be able to uh, do this comfortably, and you know, have it pay the rent. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, guys. Honestly, it's been amazing having you back on. It's been nice meeting you, Brian, properly in person. Um, like I said, you guys are doing bits, everything that you're doing for us, TV, Vox and Hops, and obviously Brutal North America. Like, it's truly inspiring to see you guys just like collaborating and working together and just producing this amazing content. Um, people always say how good the interview was with the two of you separately. So, you know, it's been great to have you both on before 2022 begins and hopefully a bit less crazy and, you know, seeing some more normalities coming back. So, yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Yeah, cheers to you. It's fucking hard it's been not to do a fucking UK accent this whole goddamn time. I'll fucking tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you, can, mate, you, can, mate, you can do it you can yeah. do it if you want it's been massive cheers it's been a hard time it's been a hard time I think that's more Irish to be honest <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I'll take it. It's class. <laughs> Hold on. Are we doing the mat face? Hold on. Let's do the mat let's face. Let's do a mat face. <laughs> There's your thumb. All right. Nothing. Right. No thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I got my kids uh, locked up in the room, so I do have to go. They're, <laughs> they're, the safe. <laughs> they're safe in with the their cage. mother. They're safe with their mother. I always say that to make it sound worse than it is. But... <laughs> it's paramount Thank time. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great, great yep. rest of the year. Uh, 2022 is ours. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Take, Take care, care guys. guys.